0: Hey, this is Greg McAfee, and welcome to the Greg McAfee Show. Now, let's get started. And welcome back to the Greg McAfee Show, where we discuss steps to successful entrepreneurship, how to take your business to new heights, and ultimately follow your dreams. Today, we'll be discussing David and Goliath, A Story of Disruptive Innovation. So, this story is found in the Bible, and we know the story about David. He was the youngest of eight children. Uh, Jesse, his father, had sent him to take food to his brothers to check on them and their well-being uh david they called him the runt of the family um the youngest the smallest the runt took care of the sheep did a great job and when he he packed up his uh stuff and he went to check on his brothers uh the israelites he found them where the israelites were getting ready for battle against the philistines There was a valley separating the two armies, each of of which stood ready on a mountain. And about the time he got there, uh, Goliath was the champion of the Philistines, just happened to walk out. And when Goliath walked out, he... Was a giant. He was over nine foot tall and uh, he was, uh, he carried a 150 pound um, armor, 20 plus pound spear, five to 10 pound helmet. And about that time David got there, he comes out and he says, Will there be anyone brave enough to fight me. And he was taunting the Israelites and the Israelites were considered God's people. And David stood there and looked at him across the way and looked at the Israelites and thought, what is going on? Why isn't anyone challenging this guy? And, um, Goliath again said, if anyone fights me and wins, the Israelite army wins. But if anyone fights me and I win, then the Philistine army wins. And so as we know, the Israelites feared this mighty warrior, this mighty giant, and even Saul who was king, was very apprehensive. So David watched the giant torment the Israelites and he didn't like it. So David went directly to Saul and said, your majesty, no one should be afraid of this Philistine. I will go and fight him for you. And Saul said, no way, no how, you're just a kid, you're just a boy, this giant is a well-trained soldier, and he's been one all his life, but he said, your majesty, I take care of my father's sheep, whenever a lion or a bear carries off a lamb, I go after it, I attack it, And I rescue the lamb. And if the lion or bear turns on me, I grab it by the throat and beat it to death. I've killed lions, I've killed bears, and I will do the same thing to this heathen giant. David had faith. So Saul agreed, and Saul said, But you're wearing my armor. So they tried to put his armor on David. It was way too big. It was way too heavy. David couldn't move. And David said, your majesty, let me fight this man on my terms, not his, not yours, not anyone else's, my terms. So again, what did Saul have to lose besides the entire army being turned over to the Ungodly Philistines. But no one else was going to fight this guy. So, the number one lesson here is uh, don't try to be like others. Just be yourself. David had to be himself. David had to be David. And David had to do what he does best. And David had a sling, and David had a rock. And he had been practicing the sling and the rock, the slingshot idea, for many years. And he got extremely good at it. He used his sling and his rock and he took the giant down with one try. So David had no armor. David had no experience fighting a giant. He had no equipment. He was not battle-tested nor trained, but one thing he had that was similar to Goliath, and that was confidence. But David's confidence was in God and not his own strength. Had David engaged in close-range combat, like every other failed challenger had done with goliath he would have never we would never heard of david today he would have just been jesse's eighth son that died in battle but david again did it his way instead he used a sling and a rock and you know about 20 years ago harvard professor business professor, Clayton Christian, coined the term disruptive innovation. I wrote about it in my book. I talk about it often, but disruptive innovation is what takes a company to number one. It's what makes the good to great company. It, what, it's what sets a company apart from the entire competition, his entire market, her entire market. So disruption in an industry is what creates change and what creates a leader within the industry. Steve Jobs knew what disruptive innovation was. It changed the entire industry of computers. um, And you know where Apple is today. Now, it's very good business. And I'm going to refer to... uh, Today I'm going to refer to uh, David businesses. That means small businesses. That mean that can mean startups. It could mean uh, a five man shop, twenty man shop, a hundred man shop. Even you know, even a two or three hundred man shop still falls under a small business today. Um, however, um, that's still a good sized business for a lot of us. So. But I'm going to refer to David businesses and Goliath businesses. So the Goliaths are the big businesses, the ones that have been around a long time, the ones who have conquered a lot um, throughout the years. Um, But they're also also still doing things the way they've always done them. So remember, had David engaged in close-range combat, he wouldn't be around. We wouldn't be telling this story about David and Goliath today. So a good business researches giant products. So a good David business researches giant uh, Goliath businesses, their products, their service, how are they doing? How do they keep their trucks? Um, How do they answer their phone? Um, How do they serve people? What do their customers say about them? All that kind of stuff. So um, I you know I read before that because uh, I've read a lot about you know Mr Firestone and Mr Ford and Mr Edison and Mr Firestone would um, you know go right out and buy four new tires uh, from the competitor if they came out with a new product and they would take them to the factory and they would dissect them and they would cut them up and they would look how they're made and and the material used and and a chemist would get involved and. I mean, they would go into this uh, heavy because they wanted to see, um, you know, what what's their competitor doing and how how are they doing it and all those types of things. And we can do that again. I've talked about this several times because it's very important. But we can do that the same way in a smaller version. We, you, if you're in a service business, you you should know who your competitor is. You should know who you compete with the most. You should know with how many trucks they have and how do they keep their trucks do they keep them up nicely? And I'll just throw this in here for McAfee. I mean, we just had, we had, we have, we've, been a, we've been blessed. We've been able to purchase 20 new vehicles in the last five years, and they're all paid off. And we recently just got a whole new look. So we had them wrapped and then we had them ceramically coated, which is very expensive, but I invested in the wrap. I wanted to protect it. I wanted to protect the paint of the truck. So you look at our trucks, I mean, we keep things up nice. We keep new tires on them. We keep sometimes, some of them have the box trucks all have, you know, the fancy insert wheels um, that look good, stainless. They look like stainless wheels and, uh, but they're inserts and they look nice and we keep them nice. Um, But you can look at your competitor's trucks and you can even, uh, if you see one parked, go park beside it and look at it. Do they keep stuff on the dashboard? You know, is it all? Is it starting to rust? Is it old? You can tell a lot um, by a company by by looking at the trucks. Then you can tell a lot by a company by looking at its employees and their uniforms. And you know, talk to a customer. If you're a salesperson out there, you can talk to a, your sales team. Can talk to customers and and ask questions about the company that came in before them. You know, did did, did they do a good job for you? Did they explain everything properly? Were they professional? So there's a million and one different ways to find out more about the competition. Drive by their building, for goodness sakes. Are there is their lawn cared for? Is it landscaped nice? All those types of things matter. So someone who was the guru of doing this was Sam Walton. And of course, Sam's passed away now, but Sam Walton used to hang out in Kmart's before he started Walmart's. Why? Well, he would watch everything. He would watch the sales associates and how they how they dressed and how they handled the customer. He would go through their stock and see if there were any empty shelves. Were they running out of anything? Did they did they carry everything they needed to? And then he would drive around back and he would look at how many semi deliveries they had, how much stock they were receiving each day, and uh, all that kind of stuff for for um, what kind of products they were getting in all those types of things. And he would hang out for several hours in Kmart's because when he opened Walmart, he said, I learned what not to do from Kmart. And I learned what to do better than Kmart. And I'll tell you, when I worked for a couple of heating and air conditioning companies before I started McAfee, and I was taking notes, I'm, I'm, I am not going to do it this way. I am not going to do certain things the way they do things. I am not going to do that. And I never have. And then I would say, I'm gonna I'm gonna advertise better than these companies. These companies I'm tired of slow times. I'm tired of times without work. These companies are doing nothing to create work. So when I have my own business someday, I am going to do this, this, and this, and and to the best of my ability, I've made it happen. And a lot of you have done this similar uh, by working for other companies and hanging around other companies, even outside your. Um, World. Um, I can learn a lot from a plumbing company, an electrician, a landscaper, a lawn care, a painter. I can learn a lot from a remodeling company. Um, so you've, we've got to be sponges. We've got to learn as much as we can. But I'll tell you, um, Sam Walton did that well. Mr. Firestone did that well. Um, I think I do that okay. And, um, you know, they're, they were paving a path. Um, to an unexpected victory. They had no idea by doing all that made their products better and made their services better and all those types of things. So uh, very good stuff. Now the next section of this, we're going to talk about strengths and weaknesses of the David mentality and the Goliath mentality. And I'm talking about business. Okay, So we're going to start with Goliath. And some of his strengths are: number one, he has uh, Goliath businesses have more money. Um, they're able to combat. They can go to. They can take you to court. They can spend a lot of money in litigation. Um, they can fight for things a lot longer than than a small business than a small David can last. And uh, that that happened to me. We got into air duct cleaning in 1993, and I bought this old truck down south. I, I had it painted and new tires and all this stuff on it. And I had it lettered. I had our McAfee logo on it. And I had big letters, air duct cleaning. And it wasn't a couple of weeks. I got a, a letter from a big attorney that we were being sued from a quote competitor. This competitor was worried about what, what I put on my truck. And I didn't even have a air duct cleaning customer yet, but um, his company's name was air duct cleaning company. So my attorney was very wise and helped me out and said, hey, I'm going to register the name McAfee air duct cleaning. Just put McAfee in front of air duct cleaning and we'll be fine. And that's what we did. And the lawsuit went away. Um, but, but again, when you're, when you're a young company and probably, you know, probably doing less than a quarter of a million dollars in sales, um, getting a, a letter like that from attorney attorney can shake you up. So uh, anyway, um, Goliath, they have name recognition. They have. Um, they may have many smart people on their team uh, to pull resources from. Um, they definitely have recruiting power. They've been doing this a while. They didn't start off as a Goliath. Um, and they have power. I mean, they have some power, a lot more power than a guy sitting at a kitchen table um looking through the back window of his little ranch house um dreaming of a garage to be built one day and work out of it that was me so um you you just don't have the power um you don't even have you don't have the confidence you don't have the power you don't have people you don't have anything um now let's talk a few um let's talk about a few of Goliath's um, weaknesses well they get comfortable with no reason to change doing the same thing they did years ago and I I have I have watched this happen I've coached companies that it was happening to and I've competed against companies that's that's the best part I've competed against companies that it was happening to we had a, a company meeting this morning four hour company meeting, we have them four times a year. And uh, my throat is raw. Um, I didn't talk a lot. I didn't talk as much as I have in the past, but uh, I probably talk more than I normally talk in a day. So today I'm recording this Saturday. So uh, we have our company meetings on Saturday. It's just the best day um, for a heating and air conditioning company that's extremely busy during the week. Saturday mornings give us just a little... We've had a lot of calls come in during the meeting. However, not half as many as a normal work day, um, work week day. Okay. So anyway, Goliath, they get too comfortable. Um, They also get the titanic mindset. Um, We can't go down. We're solid. We're big. We've been around forever. Nobody can take us down. We're not going under. And they start thinking that way um, while they get extremely comfortable, and before you know it, um, they're gone. Um, and I'm going to give you a couple examples here pretty soon. Uh, so some, and they also they they're the last to update technology um, because especially with like um, um, a second generation who's almost ready to become a third. They don't. They don't want to learn more. They don't want to. They don't want to change. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to change anything. So they're using old software, old technology. Where the Davids come in, and the Davids are um, younger, motivated, um, and they understand technology better. And they're going to get the uh, for what they can afford. They're going to get the latest, greatest software and technology they can afford. Um, they, Goliaths also tend to mock the little guy uh, and laugh. They get they get too cocky, um, you know. They taunt. Um, if if you've ever watched some of those um, shows on the History Channel um, and discover there was one about um, Hershey Hershey chocolate, they actually sold their chocolate to a small company called Mars um, company. And, um, someone in the Hershey company was letting Mr. Hershey know Mars is buying a lot of chocolate. I think we ought to keep our eye on them because if they decide to make their own chocolate, they're going to be a competitor here one day. And Mr. Mr. Hershey looked at it and said, these guys are no pun. These guys are peanuts. And, um, so, um, then all of a sudden, you know, Mars comes out with the Milky Way, and it takes off. And then when they came out with the M and Ms, I mean, uh, they killed it. And uh, so I, you know, I also, um, you know, I also my my fifth year in business, I went up against some of the quote big boys, and quoted uh, a very large apartment complex that had all residential equipment furnaces 1947 furnaces gas furnaces the owner was a sole owner wanted to change out the furnaces and add air conditioning and I ended up bidding on this job and I was it was foreign to me how to bid on these jobs but I did I did negotiate very well with my suppliers And so I went to uh, the owner and I said, Hey, it's been a week. Haven't heard back from you. Have you made a decision yet? And he said, no, I'm, uh, you know, I'm thinking, I'm still thinking about it. Um, haven't decided yet. He goes, you know, I did get other estimates. I'm looking at those. And I said, uh, I asked him who he got estimates from. He said, well, some of the big boys and he started naming them. And I'm like, yeah, they're a lot bigger than me. We, we, we only had about six employees at the time. Um, long story short, he he also said, um, you know, the I'm really concerned about the air condition, the new air conditioners fitting in between the porches. And um, so as soon as I hung up, I I grabbed one of um, my employees and we threw a couple air conditioners of uh, the same ones we, we could install there, and uh, we drove over there and set sat them up set them up between the porches and I went and got the owner and I said, here, I want to show you something real quick. And he came over to one of the apartments and, uh, and I said, you've got plenty of room, both sides, everything's good. And he said, you know, I've, I've mentioned that to a couple of the big boys and he said, no one ever thought about doing this. He said, I'll be honest with you. You got the job. Um, let's get work. Let's sign the paperwork. Let's get going on it. So, um, it wasn't rocket science, but none of the big boys thought of it. So they get very comfortable, like like you're going to pick me just because I'm a big boy. Um, and that's the Goliath mentality. It'll take you down real fast. Um, all right, now let's talk about Little David. Um, little David is uh, very nimble, very quick, can make decisions fast and implement them even faster uh, for years, our entire conference table consisted of a round table with four chairs, and we could come up with uh, ideas at that table and implement them tomorrow. We didn't need a committee. We didn't need uh, any more meetings. If it was a good idea, we said, let's do it and let's make it happen. We'll figure it out. So, uh, David was very nimble. Um, also, David kind of companies can. Get to know customers much better. When I first started, you know, the first five, six, seven years, I wore every hat. I I answered the phone. I ran service calls. I did air duct cleaning. I helped install. Um, I did it all. So I got to know my customers and I sold. So, you know, I got to know my customers extremely well, which also helped with word of mouth and all that kind of stuff that a big company just can't do. They also are, they just stay uncomfortable. They stay dissatisfied. And that's what keeps them hungry for more. Um, You know, just nothing satisfies them. They just want to continue to grow. I was 489 out of 489 heating and air companies when I first started uh, McAfee. And it took me several years, but we worked our way to number one. And to work your way to number one is and stay number one is extremely hard. It's not for everyone. It's, there's just one. And it you've got to work, you've got to work hard. You've got to put in your time and you've got to do what others are not willing to do. And, and you've got to push yourself to, to get to that point and take care of people better than anyone else as well. Okay. They also, um, are constantly asking themselves, what can I change? What can I do better? Um, And of course, we came out with eight to eight, took an extreme amount of market share uh, from running eight to eight at the same great rate. And uh, it was one of the neatest things we did. Um, So they also go against the odds. I mean, everyone um, around them are scared for them, and you get the naysayers, even in the family you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, um, you, you'll you fail, all those types of things that uh, we just don't listen to. I mean, I heard them, and I'm like, we're we're not going to fail, we're going to do this. Um, so, you know, you, you just keep moving. And uh, so now they also, um, David's like to step out and do something different, and they like to win, you know. The Bible says that David heard there was a prize because Saul had promised big rewards to the man who killed the giant. And the king will also, the Bible says the king will also give his, give the man who beats the giant his daughter, so the king's daughter in marriage. And the man, the man and his parents, family. Will not require to uh, pay taxes. So, no taxes for the entire family. I mean, so again, we were talking about earlier. I mean, David's like prizes, they like goals. They set goals, they set them high, they like prizes. The Bible says David asked a few different times, Tell me more about that prize. What's that prize again? Even though he was upset that nobody was brave enough to go fight and had God on their side, he also thought about the prize. Hey, if I do this, which I think I can, they're confident, Davids are confident. If I do this, and I think I can because God's on my side, I will also win his daughter, and I will also never have to pay taxes, and neither will my entire family. Jesse had, again, eight kids. So pretty darn good prize. Which we Wish we had those today, don't you? Okay, um, Davids of the world, they move forward with speed and purpose. And many, uh, because many, you know, many of David, many Davids out there actually worked for Goliaths. And they know how, they know their way, they know how they think. They know their strengths, they know their weaknesses, they work there. I I just told you, I worked for other companies and learned what not to do. So um, uh, many Davids have worked for the Goliaths, and they learn from them. They evaluate them, and then when they start their own business, they know how to do things differently. Now here's a couple of David's weaknesses. Um, They move too fast, wanting too much too soon. And, uh, what, what it took other companies years to acquire a David come in and he want, they want it real quick. I see this all the time on social media. I see this in companies all the time, quick startups, again, in hot climates. And they, they want, they want billions, um, fast, not just millions. They want billions in the first five years in revenue. most of them don't get it. So um, they move too fast, wanting too much. They can also, they can get a little cocky themselves. And one of my sayings that I remind myself and other people is stay humble or you shall stumble. Um, They're also small. They lack experience and training and they have no armor. You know, they have no cash. They have no smart people on their team because they have no, many times they don't have anyone on their team. So, um, and recently, since it just happened, uh, the Kentucky Derby just recently took place and um, there were two horses. One of these two horses were supposed to win the race. It was um, Taba and Epicenter. They both had five to one odds. Table was purchased for $1.7 million and Epicenter was uh, acquired for $260,000, a little bit over a quarter of a million. One of those two horses were, were neck and neck throughout the entire race. One of them were supposed to win five to one odds. However, there was a horse called Rich Strike. The only reason he was in the race was because another horse got scratched. So Rich Strike came in, had the worst odds in the entire 20 horses, 80 to one odds. And um, he was purchased for $30,000. So you had a $30,000 horse, last place in the running, worst odds, came up from the back, zigzagged. By the way, next week we're going to talk about zigging when everyone else zagged. And Rich Strike zigged when everyone else was zagging and came in first place and won the Kentucky Derby with 80 to 1 odds. Now, if that's not a David and Goliath story, I don't know what is. So, to sum up, there are Davids and there are Goliaths in every industry and they come and go. They both come and go. You know the odds of a new business failing, going out of business, and even bigger businesses go out of business every every single day in the United States. So you've heard of the Fortune 500 list. Um, it actually it consists of the top U.S. companies in terms of revenue, and uh, the first publication came out in 1955. So when I say businesses come and go, only 12 percent, or 61 companies, have survived since 1955. Uh, that were the top in the top 500. So the other 439 companies were either acquired, merged, or went out of business. So nobody is too big uh, to be either put under or go under. Uh, So if you want to talk about something more recent, let's consider... um, Blockbuster, at one time, Blockbuster had a 100% brand recall in the United States. 100% of the people surveyed, if, if they were asked, name a uh, movie rental company, 100 out of 100 people would say Blockbuster. So very, very, you couldn't get any better as a recognized name. Um, and the company's uh, staggering customer base for movie rental subscription couldn't be replicated. They just had systems in place that were awesome. However, seen any blockbusters lately? Netflix was once the David in this story that we've talked about. Imagine Netflix being the David. Instead of trying to beat Goliath, who was Blockbuster, Um, the founder of Netflix, Reed Hastings, waved the white flag and decided to sell Netflix to Blockbuster for $50 million. That was in 2000, 22 years ago. However, Blockbuster failed to do a thorough analysis on Netflix and let the deal fall through today Netflix is valued at $194 billion. Again, seen any blockbusters lately? It doesn't matter the age or the size of the business. It's the passion, the desire, the working hard, working smart, motivation, and the tenacity of the driver of the company. If Blockbuster would have purchased which was which was a drop in the bucket 50 million dollars back in 2000 they'd probably still be going strong today especially if they took over Netflix and blew it up Okay so whether we are a consumer an investor or an entrepreneur everyone wants to cheer for the next David and they, they are ready to slay the next giant. So stay strong. And before we wrap up, if you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe below. You can also support this podcast by rating and reviewing on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Keep listening because this is going to do nothing but help your business grow. And make you think different, and help you sleep better at night. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Facebook um, at The Greg McAfee Show. No spaces, no underscores. And be sure to tune in next week again when we discuss zig when everyone else zags. Thanks for listening. And as always, carry on and have a great day.